mental toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. Each week, Dr. Rob sits down with athletes, executives, and expert coaches to talk about mental toughness and their hinge moment. Here's your host, Dr. Rob. But like just spiritually, like my relationship with God just grew incredibly close because I had I had nothing that I had before in Indy um, where I didn't have my my friend group. I didn't have family. I didn't at the time I didn't have my girlfriend. We had broken up. Um, there was a lot of things that God just removed me from and took me somewhere very, very uncomfortable um, where, you know, like I just had. It was just me and him leaning on him. And so my faith grew in, incredibly. And so it was probably that 2017 year where that shift, you know, going from released to signed to somewhere I didn't want to go. Um, just feeling like I was really just on this trajectory just with, you know, my relationship with God at the time. And, and just that was where my priorities had to be reprioritized. I feel like, you know, my prayer was, hey, I want to play football again. And, you know, God answered with like, all right, well, I'm going to take you somewhere where you don't want to go. Folks, when I finished my 100 miler, I was happy to be done, but I wasn't finished. The reason why my legs weren't completely bonked from running was that I used PR lotion by Momentus. It simply eliminated any lactic acid buildup in my legs, and it's the best product I've ever used. Momentus is a leading nutrition and supplement company which works with over 150 professional and collegiate sports teams. No other company has the accolades of being awarded six innovation contracts from the Department of Defense for Human Performance. Since I started using PR Lotion, I now use their plant-based protein, collagen peptides, and recovery formula. Look, if performing is important to you, do yourself a favor. Go to livemomentous.com. And for listening today, you get the best part, a discount. Enter code DRB20 for 20% off your order. That's DRB and the number 20. LiveMomentous.com. Optimize, perform, and recover. LiveMomentous.com. So our guest today has been playing in the NFL since 2007. He was the long snapper for the Indianapolis Colts 2012 to 2016. Pro Bowler in 2013. Uh, he's since he's played for Jacksonville, Tennessee, the Chargers, most recently the Dallas Cowboys. He's host of the Stay Ready podcast. Excited about this because I've known this individual for many years. And we finally get to connect. Our guest is Matt Overton. Matt, thanks so much, man, for joining us. Hey, thank, yeah, thanks for having me. Long overdue for sure. So, man, uh, two daughters now: Tatum, newborn, and then you got a big sis, True. What, yeah. What's the rhythm like in, uh, in, in your world right now? I don't even think we have a rhythm right now. It's just pure madness and chaos, just trying to get into a good routine. Uh, they always say people with kids that have, you know, two or more say, hey, when you bring the second one in the house, it kind of changed the dynamic quite a bit. So that transition from one to two has been been a big step for us. And uh, right now, you know, our, our young, the one that just was born three weeks ago, so we're in that, you know, trying to get into good sleeping patterns and, you know, the, our oldest is going to be two years old next week. So she's kind of has some of the jealousy issues and, you know, her adjusting emotionally with it. And, uh, 
not being the baby anymore, you know? So we're going through all that, but it's great. Uh, two girls, full on girl dad mode right now. And uh, my wife's doing great. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's seems like life is just extremely more busy. Um, but in, in so many good ways. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool, man. We're, we're at the age now where our kids are just old enough, 14 and 12. Yeah. That we are back to the point now, Matt, where we can be like, Hey, do you, do you want to go to dinner tonight? Like, do you want to mm-hmm. go do something? And yeah. like, we can just go do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, that's, I don't think like people understand, like when you have kids there's not like, Hey, you know, just want to run off. I know. And, uh, that was always the biggest adjustment for us, man. Yeah, we got to pick and choose our battle, battles for sure. Cause going to dinner and bringing our two-year-old, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, it seems like you gotta order your dinner as soon as you get there. Um, you gotta <laughs> have, fast, man. you gotta have some sort of, you know, toy or crayons or an iPad or something for her to stay, stay still for a little bit. So it's a little chaotic. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, it's, I think you kind of forget the newborn phases for the most part, a lot easier than having a, a toddler running around. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we're in the thick of it, man. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great though. But I love it how, uh, you and Bree didn't have, you didn't know the gender. Like we didn't know the gender either. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were always, both, we were both all, them, yeah, it's secret. Yeah. Or I, mean, I, I thought that, I thought that was the best, man. Cause my, my, my wife comes from a family of 11 Yeah, and she was the youngest and her mom never knew any of them. Wow. And we were always like, how did they do it back in the day? You know what I mean? And then there became like, okay, these gender reveal parties. And then it was like, all right, this is just a whole lot of pressure. Yeah. Let's just go back to the way we did it. I mean, that's the best way to do it though. I thought. No, I, I loved it. I think when, before my wife and I got pregnant, that was kind of a non-negotiable for me. I said, I don't want to do a gender reveal. I want to go old school and have it very you know spontaneous and have had the suspense leading up to it. And I think a lot of people just, they get kind of uh, full of anxiety, not knowing, and they want to prepare and all that kind of stuff. And I understand, but, you know, we, we did everything like very gender, gender neutral as far as like the nursery and the clothing and all that kind of stuff. And, and man, when, when that baby pops out and you see if it's a boy or a girl, it's, it's, it's incredible. And so going into our second one, we're like, we got to do it again. And uh, this time a little bit different because we were hoping we're, I think we're, we're hopeful for a boy and we really thought that it was. And, um, just by the way she was carrying the baby and the way her belly was shaped and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, when that, our daughter came out and, you know, I didn't see, uh, uh, little peepee, you know, I was like, Oh, we got another girl. Here we go. And so, uh, it's been, it's been great. And yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, one of the, and, and people have told me this, like one of the greatest gifts ever is, is revealing and seeing your uh, baby boy or, or daughter uh, born and it, you not knowing going in. So uh, it, it really is truly an incredible gift and, and the suspense and the surprise is, is great. Yeah. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't get a much better uh, surprise than that. Yeah. So when my kids were born as well, man, like I remember, uh, remember the movie like Benjamin Button? Yeah. So this date, me, bit, yeah. date me a little bit, you know what I mean? It seems like yesterday. Yeah. And I remember like watching that movie and then I would like, I mean, just tears come down my face. I had no idea. Why. Did you become more emotional? Like when your kids were born? No, I think, I think naturally I'm pretty a sentimental guy. Um, I do get emotional a little bit, but I think in the moment, especially with my first daughter, I was a little bit more like just kind of surreal and taken back more than anything. Uh, my wife cried. Um, I think I was in a state of shock just for a while. Um, but as my 
you know, my young or my oldest has grown up and seeing her um, just in these stages of life, like, you know, sometimes when I put her to bed and I just lay next to her, sometimes I tear up just thinking about how fast she's grown up. Um, and then, so in the moment of, you know, the two girls being born, like I didn't, I wasn't as emotional as I thought I would be. Um, just because I think the experience, when you actually watch a baby be born and you're there physically, like, you know, my, I was the first hands to touch both of my daughters and just helping my, helping my wife, like being right there bedside with her and really seeing like just the beautiful gift of life happen before your eyes. It's very, I mean, it just takes you back. So, um, I'm definitely the more sentimental one out of the two of us. And, but in the moment I was just kind of just, you know, more and more in shock. And then again, you, you process the whole thing of like, man, I got two girls now, like, Holy cow, I got my hands full, you know? And so, and then a little bit of, you know, I, I hate it. I hate to say it, but sometimes you get a little disappointed when you are hoping it's a certain gender and it doesn't happen that way. Um, and a moment of like, you know, a little, little down and discouraged, but you know, it takes 30 seconds to, you know, once you hold that baby, it doesn't matter, you know, right. what the gender is and you just want a healthy, happy, uh, full grown baby. And, and, uh, we've been blessed with that for sure. Yeah. So it was, you know, immediately I was just like, so incredibly happy to have another girl. Um, I didn't mean for this talk on kids to go for so long, but no, we're good. You know, I feel like the elder statesman here when it comes to this, I mean, so I, when it came to like faith, uh, growing up, I was always like, Jesus loves us all the same. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was like, doesn't love anybody more or less. And I was always like, how can Jesus possibly love somebody that's going to be over here in Cincinnati as well as like this person? How can he love them the same? Yeah. Only when kids were born, did it finally make sense? Yeah. Because how the, the depth of love for one can go, but then the, the width as well. Yeah. And only when kids were born, did it finally make sense? That's, that's true. That's a, it's a really good uh, perspective to have because it, it, it really is true. And then, you know, when you don't have kids and you talk to people who do have kids and you always hear like, there's no greater love than the, the love you'll have for your child. And you really just don't quite understand and grasp that, that concept until you, you have one, you know, yeah. but it's very true. So um, let's take a little bit further back, man. So playing football at Diablo Valley College, going to Western Washington, being the Vikings, like when was that hinge moment that you were like, hey, I'm in pro football? Uh, like meaning when did I want it to be a reality or my dream or when? Uh, maybe yeah, when, was that, when was that seed planted? Oh, or, I mean, I come from a football family, so – uh, when I was bo- I was born into um, a pretty, you know, deep rooted football family. Me, my dad played college ball. My cousin did. My uh, my grandfather at the time was a head college football coach. My mom was, you know, the daughter of a head football coach. So I mean, like I was put into um, football at age seven and Pop Warner, and I mean, ever since been playing. And it's crazy to even think that, you know for like 85 to 90% of my life, I've been playing the game of football, but it was early on that like my dream was, you know, professional athlete, whether it was football or baseball or anything like that. And um, once I got to, you know, the high school level, I think it more shifted to football. Uh, Everything was driven around that, 
you know, my off season training, you know, obviously trying to get recruited. Um, and you know, the dream kind of became more of a reality or, or more of a re realistic goal. Um, when I got to college and, you know, I was playing linebacker at the time, but I was long snapping as a secondary position. Um, and I was getting the attention of scouts and coaches by my ability to long snap. And that was when people started telling me, Hey man, you have a special, like if it's going to, if NFL is your dream, like this is your golden ticket, stick to it. And, uh, you have a God given ability that, you know, a lot of guys don't have. And so uh, I really honed in on that skill and, and, you know, went to camps and looked for any help that I can get. Cause at the time I was pretty much just self-taught and, uh, yeah, it, I mean, lo and behold, I've, it was kind of at the right place at the right time when I transferred up to Western Washington and uh, Michael Canyon was a um, all American kicker and punter um, who had just recently got done with his eligibility, but he was being, you know, scouted uh, for pre-draft uh, workouts. And mm -hmm. um, at the time the Seahawks were working him out before the, before the draft on campus. And I get a text message from my position coach saying, Hey, you know, are you, are you able to get to the field in 15 minutes and snap to Michael for his private workout? And, um, at the time it was definitely, you know, against all NCAA rules for, uh, uh underclassmen to do that. Um, but we, we went to a small division two school, so, you know, we weren't right. being, uh, investigated by the NCAA. Uh, so I went out there and, and snapped and that was kind of when I got my name on the radar. Um, so those next two years, I, I transferred to Western after my sophomore year at, you know, after uh, Diablo Valley. I played at junior college for two years and then transferred up to Western, uh, played two years there. But those next two years after I got that feedback from the NFL scout was like, all right, this is this is something that could be really uh, promising. Um, and, you know, fortunately, it, it, that's what got my name on the radar was long snapping. Hey, good looking. If you like this podcast and are already a badass, but it's all way too complicated, then visit our website, drrobbell.com, and schedule a call with us to help capture your very own hinge moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing with like Dwight Clark, man. Like, I remember hearing the story like, Dwight Clark is walking out of his dorm room at Clemson and the phone's ringing. And then he goes and answers it, and it's Bill Walsh mm -hmm. for the quarterback. Yeah. He says, well, I mean, are you, you know, are you able to come catch passes? Yeah. Hence, you know, and, and those hidden right moments. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I know. I know. So that was definitely, a, you know, looking back on my career, like that was one of the, those pivotal moments that, you know, you, you look back and like, man, there's just, is it, uh, you know, God's blessing on that? Or is it just coincidence? And, you know, I'm a man of faith, so I, I had no, no doubt that, um, you know, God put me there in that, that position to, you know, be at Western on, on campus when Mike was there and, and, uh, you know, be able to snap, uh, for, and I, I really don't even remember doing, it. I know I was there. Um, it just seems so long ago. And, and, uh, but I do remember getting that feedback from my coaches saying, Hey, wow, like they thought you did really well for being a junior and they're going to be right. watching, they're going to be watching for your name, you know, in a couple of years. So that was really like, like people had always told me coaches, family members, like I had a special niche skill, but when I heard it from like an NFL coach and scout, that was when it was like, all right, right. Was something special. So then, you know, you're, you're undrafted. You go to the Seahawks though. 
um, invited on. I mean, um, don't make the team after training camp, right? No, I was there for three days, man. Yeah, three, three days. Yeah, I got. Uh, I was never signed. I was an invited player. Right. Um, so technically, I was never under contract. But um, when guys get invited, the hope is to get signed. So right. I was only there for three days during a mini camp and, and didn't do well enough to even. I mean, at the time, I, I, I was so raw and um, very underdeveloped. And then coming from a small school, like it was very intimidating for me. And I mean, I was like starstruck to be in an NFL locker room coming from Western, you know, like. Right. You know, it's not it's not the uh, when people go to Western to play football, the dream isn't to go to the next level. It's there because you're there for academics and football is a hobby. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously people do have aspirations at the Division two level. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not you know, you're not going to USC or, you know, Clemson or Alabama. I mean, that's why people go there, because that's just a stepping stone to the next level. And, and Western has never really been that. Right. Um, so for me, I never really had. I never had the prep, you know, going into the next level. It was just, you know, um, because either my coaches had no idea what the next level was like. And uh, so I had no expectation. And so I went in there just like deer in headlights and uh, didn't do very well and got let the nerves get the best of me. And and so that was my first taste of the NFL. And, you know, the, the acronym is not for long. And for me, it was like I, I got a taste of that three days and I was done. And I didn't get my next NFL opportunity. That was 2007. I didn't get my next NFL opportunity until three years later. So during that time, I mean, you just stayed in it. You you were still playing and then just craft and still getting better. I mean, did you still have that vision about where it is that you wanted to go? Oh, there's the, the dream never died. I mean, I, I guess you could say I was definitely discouraged with after the Seattle mini camp. Um, it was definitely just eye opening to me. Like, all right, like, when it comes to like the athletic ability, I definitely have what it was that what it took because I was there with two other veteran long snappers. Um, so when it came to like size, strength, speed, like athleticism, I knew that I had that. There was no question about it. And that's where playing linebacker and defensive end in college like helped me um, kind of have a leg up on guys who normally would just snap in college and not have experience at a position. Um, but it was the mental side of it. It was the technique side of it that I just really lacked. And so um, from there, I, I just sought out as much help as I can. And again, at this time, there was there was no YouTube. There was, you know, the Internet is, you know, Facebook starting to take off a little bit. Um, so the resources were, especially for my position, were just very far and few in between. And but there were some camps, there were some summer camps and some places that I could go to get some instruction. Um where nowadays it's like, man, these kids in high school and middle school are going to these snapping camps and clinics and really getting mm-hmm. groomed and prepped. Whereas, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that just was non-existent. And so, again, it was just like, you know, I sought as much help as I could, found some people that helped me. Again, it was still mainly mainly self-taught, but between that 2007 and 2010, I got the opportunity to play in the United Football League. Um just for snapping and that that really helped me develop develop my game and uh it helped me just continue to keep my name on the radar so then your experience with the colts man that was the longest i mean the longevity that you had um i mean you had a, you had a great trio with you guys man with uh with pat and uh adam Vinatieri. talk about like that experience man what what you 
got from that experience learning from those guys? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been the longest, uh, spent five years there. Um, ever since then, it's kind of been a, a year to year deal for me, um, bouncing around. Um, but the five years I had there in Indy was truly special. I mean, obviously I walked in filling the shoes of Justin Snow, who had been there for like 11 years, um, won a Super Bowl with them. And, you know, it's not often that you get a long snapper that's with a team for that long. So for me, it was just like, man, my goal would be to be there for as long as Justin Snow was. And, and um, but going in, knowing that I snap into the best kicker that <laughs> has ever been uh, in the NFL right. was incredible. And you know, just, you know, thinking about where I was at when Adam was kicking game winners in the Super Bowl. I mean, I remember I was working, you know, at Home Depot stacking carts at night while he was kicking a game winner against Carolina, you know? So it was just like a, a just a full circle moment, like getting an opportunity with the Colts. And um, I still remember, you know, getting the call and uh, flying out there, having my workout. Um, and then I knew a little bit about Pat. Um, I mean, he, at the time he was still a young player, um, but being around Vinatieri was incredible. And then as, as we progressed and with the years together, it, you know, McAfee elevated his game to Pro Bowl and All Pro and Vinatieri the same. And so I got to work, you know, and witness firsthand what greatness looked like and and what being a true pro really meant on and off the field. And share share with us something about that, Matt. Like when you get to see that next level stuff, what did you take from it? What did you witness? What did you see? Yeah, it's just the small stuff. It's just the day-to-day, you know, tasks that these guys do. And, you know, I, you know, I know you know, Vinatieri is a kicker, but everyone in the locker room, especially the young guys can take something away from like, Hey, look at this guy. Like he's, he's going to be in the hall of fame one day. You know, there's a reason why he's here on year 20. And, uh, um, at the time we had Robert Mathis, Dwight Freeney, uh, I mean, Reggie Wayne. So there, we had so many guys that we could just look to for like, Hey, do what he does, you know, and, and it's the little things, it's the day-to-day task. It's the showing up on time. It's the, you know, taking care of your body on, on the uh, off season and in season and the mental preparation, the focus and like just the determination to always, you know, be better and never be content. And I, lo- I learned a lot of that from Vinatieri and then McAfee was, you know, obviously he was learning too. And man, just the way that th- those guys just approached, day to day, it was always, it was always competitive. It was never, never uh, satisfied with where you're at. Um, they always wanted to be the best and that rubbed off on me. I wanted to, I wanted to help them be the best, you know, it starts, it starts with the snap, you know? And so, you know, I, uh, I took a lot of pride in, in working with those guys and we had a really good friendship on and off the field there together. And, and, uh, it was just a special time. And I look back on it, it seems like so long ago, but it's just, uh, it is really cool that I get to that I can say that I you know played with the goat. I mean, I know Justin Tucker is arguably the best kicker currently, but you know I I'm biased and I think Vinatieri is the best to ever do it and um, all time points uh, leader and score in the NFL. So um, you know it's just it's incredible to uh, have had that experience with him and Pat. You know and and uh, you know because Pat left the game at his highest and and. Uh, mm-hmm. He'd probably be still playing at the highest level right now if he was still playing because just that's just just how good he is and how competitive he is. Um, but when I take when I go to a new team and I have a younger kicker or a younger punter and 
it's an honor and privilege to kind of be in that older mentor role. And, you know, I, I take things that I learned from those two guys and implement, try to implement that with young guys. Cause I get asked a lot, you know, what was it like playing with Vinatieri and McAfee? And uh, cause it, those two guys are so widely respected by everybody across the league. And um, even guys that are young that, you know, were probably, at, you know, in, I don't know, middle school when those guys were playing, you know, so um, or not even born, you know, some of those guys weren't even born yet when Vinatieri entered the NFL. So it's just, it's, it's crazy. So, but it, yeah, it was, it was a special time, special time. And my, my time in Indy was very, um, was very cherished. And, and I look back and those were some, some awesome times. Yeah. You know, with um, the years that you had been in the league, um, you know, Jacksonville, Tennessee, I mean, trials with the Broncos, your podcast, Stay Ready. I mean, that, that's become a theme for your life, hasn't it? It has been since being cut by the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about, man, you know, stay ready and that mentality that you have to have and, you know, and how you've approached, you know, your career in life. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, like I said, there was, I, I definitely uh, look back on my time as a Colt and there's some really high moments and great memories. And then there's some really like low moments, whether it's, you know, personally or professionally and, and had a lot of struggles, uh, at times, um, during my time there. Like what, what were some of the low moments, man, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. I, I mean, 2015, I went through, I, I, you know, started the season off just like in a rut. And, uh, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, distractions and just priorities and, and being too comfortable, being content, not taking this, the off season seriously. And, uh, so I got, I got, released after it was the spring of 2017 i got released and kind of just got sideswiped you know i you know at the time uh mcafee had just retired um and uh so it was just me and vinitary and and they're kind of unsure about who would fill the shoes of pat at punter and then they brought a new gm in i get i get released before the draft and that kind of just you know you know my world just kind of uh you know came crumbling down. And again, it goes back to my faith, my priorities and everything. And at the time, you know, just football was everything to me, but, you know, I also was just kind of living a life that was very, uh, th that wasn't helping my professional career become like fruitful and, and, and whatnot. So I just, I just, you know, was, that was in, my, in the moment where, Hey, I, at the time I wasn't staying ready for, you know, my preparation or staying ready for um, certain things that to, to either go right or go wrong. And the stay ready mentality kind of just started with a hashtag, you know, when I was training and, and trying to get back on a team. Right. And it was just, I mean, it's, it's just pretty self-explanatory, like stay ready for the opportunity and you never know when that opportunity is going to come. But when it does, like, you know, hopefully you are ready and putting the, putting the work in. And so I was doing that, but it, it over time, it's just kind of grown into more of a, uh, uh, faith-based spiritual more like, Hey, like stay ready for God's divine, you know, appointments, you know, sometimes it's a door closing. Sometimes it's a door opening and how are you going to react? How are you going to respond in those moments? And, um, you know, so it's, it's kind of just, yeah, it was, it was in those dark days of me being released by the Colts that kind of shifted my mind, shifted my faith and my perspective. And, and it took a while for me to get priorities in line. And, you know, with the Colts, we talk about faith, family, football, that's like the three pillars of, of success within that organization. And for me, for the longest time, it was football, family, faith, you know, football was took precedent over everything. 
and which is good. You know, you, you need to, you know, you need to put the energy into your, into your craft, into your job. It's, it is your job and your responsibility, but um, you know, I was, I was putting football in front of family and faith and, and, mm-hmm. you know, I had everything just out of whack, you know, and, and, you know, I took, I didn't know how to leave work at work and I brought the stresses home. And um, so, so, yeah. I mean, talk, talk, talk to me about that a little bit. Like when, yeah. when you shifted and when the priorities then became faith, family, and then, you know, your career, how did the, how did that change, you know, your focus and, and the way you approached it? I mean, really, I've shared the story several times, but it just, it took, it took for God to take me somewhere where I didn't want to go. So during that 2017 off season, springtime, um, kind of had a, had a short list of teams that I wanted to, would like to go play for. And again, uh, my, our, our desires are never what God wants for us, you know? So, um, you know, I was looking at certain teams like Green Bay and Arizona and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, um, at the time, the the Jaguars were the only team showing any interest, and uh, you know, being uh, AFC South uh, opponent, and then being at the you know bottom of the total pool every year, I'm like, I did not want to go to Jacksonville. Um, and I honestly, I I went there twice on two different occasions for workouts, and never seemed like every time I went, I was a little discouraged, like I don't want to be here. And I did well in the workouts, like I put. I felt like I put my best foot forward when I was on the field. Um, but like just deep down inside, I'm like, ah, I just, I don't want to be here. Like selfishly, I just don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere else. And at the time, you know, they, you know, they come like a 16 or three and 13 record. So it's just bottom of the barrel. You know, they, the attendance at games are, are the worst in the league. Um, they're kind of the black eye of the NFL, you know. Uh, and lo and behold, that's where, that's where I got signed and God took me there. And it was, it was the greatest, probably one of the greatest years I had, um, for many reasons. Like I was, I was playing really well. Um, but like just spiritually, like my relationship with God just grew incredibly close because I had, I had nothing that I had before in Indy, um, where I didn't have my my friend group. I didn't have family. I didn't, at the time I didn't have my girlfriend. We had broken up. Um, there was a lot of things that God just removed me from and took me somewhere very, very uncomfortable. Um, where, you know, like I just had, it was just me and him leaning on him. And so my faith grew in, incredibly. And so it was probably that 2017 year where that shift, you know, going from released to signed to somewhere I didn't want to go. Um, just feeling like I was really just on this trajectory, just with, you know, my relationship with God at the time. And, and just, that was where my priorities had to be reprioritized. I feel like, you know, my prayer was, Hey, I want to play football again. And, you know, God answered with like, all right, well, I'm going to take you somewhere where you don't want to go. Um, you're going to be very uncomfortable, but these are the necessary changes you need to be. Um, and, and I mean, it's crazy looking back, you know, that was six years ago and, you know, I'm, I'm now married to the girl that I was broken up with and, um, I've been playing ever since and it's been, it's been an incredible journey, but yeah, it took some, it took for, you know, to get knocked on my butt a few times to realize like, Hey, like you got to get your priorities in check. And at, at first and foremost, you got to be, uh, um, your faith has to be before anything. And, mm-hmm. um, so stay ready has kind of evolved to go back to your question. Like stay ready has evolved into this more of like, which is a faith-based like mentality where every day is like, you don't know what's going to happen and you got to be able to respond um, to good or bad things. And um, 
you know, I try to instill that in some of the young guys and, um, that I work with and, and, uh, you hopefully just set a good example and, and, uh, you know, because nothing's ever guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely doing that, my man. Like I always say, um, faith isn't really faith until it's all you've got. Oh, and that's all I had in Jacksonville. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, I, my, my wife will probably roll my eyes because I talk about it too much, but I, my desert season was in Jacksonville where I just felt like I was just desolate by myself, you know, had, you know, I was, I was happy on the field um, because that was my outlet. But at home, I was just lonely. I was alone and, and just kind of in a very depressed state. Um, but in that moment, that's where I just, the Holy spirit was with me along the way. Like, Hey, we're going to get through this, you know, like, and, uh, so, and I even got hurt my first time ever getting hurt and put on the IR, uh, that year. So like, I just like all these different things that had happened that year, um, that was so good for me. Um, at the time they weren't good. They didn't mm-hmm. feel right. But looking back, it was like, man, that's exactly where I needed to be. Um, at that time for, for God to mold me in the, into the man that he was like trying to get me to be. It's an awesome. Uh, Moses yeah. reference there, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well done. Yeah. Um, so with the Cowboys that we were at, I mean, uh, as a complete organization and you've talked about this on your podcast as well. I mean, they, they do it right as an organization, don't they? Yeah. Every, every little thing is, is pretty, it's Jerry's world, man. Everything's done right. Everything's bigger bigger in Texas and with the Cowboys, it's, I mean, it's, it goes like, it goes down to like the, the minute details of, you know, the star logo being on a napkin or on a, you know, a a paper coffee cup. I mean, there's no stone left unturned with that organization as far as like really, you know, being all about football and the brand and, and it's, it's, it's bigger than football there. It's, it really is. It's, uh, what Jerry has done with that organization, it's become just like this culture where, you know, if you, if you're not familiar with what the star is in Frisco, but it's the star is our practice facility, but like the star is like its own little mini community right there in Frisco where there's retail, there's shopping, there's tourists coming in every single week to to visit. And, it's, and there's literally like tours of hundreds of people that walk around our facility daily, you know, we, we're, you know, we're at lunch or we're in meetings and there's like these massive groups of people walking in and out, you know, seeing what the Dallas Cowboy organization is all about. And, and it's just different, man. It's, it's, it's at the highest. I mean, it's like being a New York Yankee is the, probably the easiest way that I can put into terms, you know, and, and it's just very, very special. Um, a lot of rich history and tradition and, and uh, it's just, it's, it's really cool. It's cool to experience that. And I, every, every place has been special in its own way. Yeah. Um, but from like just the grandness of of an organization and uh a brand and all that kind of stuff, like being a cowboy is different, man. Yeah. Yeah. So your very first snap then, like as a cowboy. Yeah. I thought I thought it was a great snap. Obviously, you know, it was just a tad early. Yeah. Um, when that happens in a game, you're a veteran, you've done this so many thousands and thousands of times, yet this still happened. Yeah. Where does your mind go in that moment and how are you able to move on from that and adjust? Yeah. So, I mean, again, going back, like, you know, if that would have happened, you know, early in my career, you know, I probably wouldn't have had just the more, the mental fortitude to like, just stay poised in the, in the moment. I would probably would have 
let my emotions get the best of me. And, and uh, yeah, it was just one of those things where like, man, like looking back on it and even in the moment, um, as soon as that ball left my hands, I knew it was early. Um, and it was just, it, it went back to like maybe my preparation during this, you know, cause when, you know, I, I signed my first game with, with them was in early October. So I'm joining the team week five with very little preparation with the team. Um, and so it's just, it's really just thrown into the fire immediately. And I've been in that situation before and I'm very comfortable in that, you know, uh, situation, but in that moment, um, you know, I, I was obviously, I was frustrated and upset that that happened. It was kind of just, I was kind of laughing at myself. Like, are you kidding me? Like, is this really my first play as a Dallas Cowboy? You know? Um, and it was against the team that I was just, I was against the Rams. I was just on the Rams practice squad two weeks prior to that. So it's just like, gosh, dang, are you serious? You know? Um, so my first impression, I'm like, gosh, dang, I just let my, I just felt like my first impression with the team, Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, our special teams coach, bones fossil like gosh that's just awful and um i just leaned on we have we have a great uh mental strength coach uh named chad and he's he's the head mental coach for for us and for the yankees and that week the kind of the theme going into the week was poised and confidence and i just went i went i, I remember writing that in my notebook it's my first week you know i'm i'm, I'm I'm a big note taker. So for me to be in there and taking notes is big. Like this is my, you know, I'm trying to get into the groove of the team. It's week five, you know, the, this, the team's, you know, four and oh at the time or whatever it was they're rolling. And so, uh, yeah, just I'm taking my notes and I remember writing down poise and confidence. And for whatever reason, I, like that, that really resonated with me on the bench after that play happened, like, Hey, stay poised, stay confident. And, you know, poise is huge in professional sports. You, you just can't get too high, can't get too low. Um, and then just the confidence aspect, like, like you said, like I've been, I've been doing this for a long time and just go, out, go have the confidence and trust in your abilities. And, and that's kind of what I leaned on in that moment. And I look up, I, I remember just like looking up at the scoreboard, like I know the cameras on me. I know people in the stands are heckling me. I know my family and friends back home are probably text, me text messaging me and, Twitter's blowing up, but I was just like, man, just stay confident in the moment and, and, and went out there and I just, I played well, you know, just kind of let that move on to the next play. And, you know, we, uh, you kind of, you, you have to have that, that mentality in sports, like right. all right, next play, next play, next play. And, and for a long snapper, I know it's, you know, we don't get very many plays. It's not like we're going out there and, you know, playing quarterback where, if we throw an interception, like, Hey, I still have several other opportunities to correct that right. as for us, you know, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, maybe you get five snaps and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I definitely remember staying, staying, uh, mm -hmm. into that mental like focus of being poison confidence and it, it worked out. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that, man. Yeah. Um, so week 18, right. I'm watching, um, versus Washington, your kicker at the time, mm -hmm. Red Meyer missed an extra point. Which by itself, it's no big deal. It happens. Uh, I noticed because I was watching. And then the next week, um, then he missed his first extra point kick. Mm -hmm. And when he missed that one, I was the only one to kind of jump on it because I said, that, that's not good because I remember the Washington kick. And I mm -hmm. said, and there's a thing like, especially like with golf and, and sometimes like when you'll sure. pull it, when you'll hook it or when you push it. And it's very, very yeah. similar like with kicks, but it was the way he missed it. He ends up missing four in that playoff game. Mm-hmm. And then he became, you know, a big story then heading into the San Francisco game. I mean, 
he's drafted in 2013 as well. I mean, he's a veteran. I mean, what was it like for you during that time? And how did, how were you able to, you know, impart upon him? Yeah. I mean, I go back to my first snap and the, you know, the first person to come up to me after that play was Brett Maher. Like, Hey man, like we're good. Like let's move forward. Like, and, and so like, I, I never want to act as if I know, specifically what that person's going through, whether it's a kicker or quarterback. So, I mean, again, I'm not a quarterback. I'm not a kicker. Um, I, I just know that, Hey, like the trio, us, the, you know, us together, we have to stick together through thick and thin. And for me, I just wanted Brett to know like, Hey dude, like you got this. And unfortunately it went, it went, you know, kind of, I mean, it just was one of those fluke games where like, right. again, like a golfer, just, you weren't making contact the right way and you weren't, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, it just, yeah, there's those days where like, for me, like I feel like my snaps are off, whether it's my release or my follow through or my grip and there's just something missing or it's just the mental aspect of it. You get too far in your head where you just, you thinking way too much. And that may have been the case for Brett, but I just wanted Brett to know, like, ah, I just went to the sideline, like give him fifth fist bump. And, you know, I don't want to say the words on here that I said to him, but like, you know, I was just like, dude, I want to let you know that I, I got your back. I got your back, bro. And, and, uh, let him know that I'm, I'm as confident in him as, you know, anyone else, you know? So again, it's, it's very important for the the three of us to kind of just say, hey, we, we, we are our own team within this team. You know, don't worry about what a receiver says to you or a coach says to you, like, let's just hone in on our responsibilities as a, as a trio and, and, and do our best. And it was, it was a crazy game. And, you know, obviously, uh, it was a rough one for Brett and, you know, he, he manned up as a, as a true pro and, and, you know, answered the media and all the questions directly after the game, obviously had a lot of pressure and a lot of, again, you mentioned this, the spotlight of it being a Dallas Cowboy. I mean, it's just, it seems like the, the uh, media attention is 10 times as greater than anywhere else. And so, um, yeah, there was just uh, a lot of pressure on him going that week. And um, obviously, everyone talking about it on TV. So, but he handled himself like a true pro man. I'm just incredibly proud. I and mean, it just, just speaks to the character of, of who Brett Maher is. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he has been through a lot in his career, you know? And so, um, man, I go to bat for that guy any day. Cause he it truly, and when I've, I've been around some really, really good kickers, you know, Vinatieri being one of them, um, Dustin Hopkins, Steven Goskowski, those are guys who I've snapped to. And, and Brett Maher fits that, fits that mold as being one of the, one of the great kickers that I've been able to work with. So um, it, it was, it was a crazy time. And again, for me, uh, the greatest thing that I could be is just a, a positive asset to him um, and, and just always be positive, upbeat and just knowing that, Hey, like in, in that moment, it could be very, very lonely, um, especially at that position. So I just wanted everyone to know that I had, I had his back and especially he knew that. Yeah, no. And I love that man. And I appreciate that with, with that said, like that week heading in, did um, I mean obviously there's going to be a little bit more stress, a little bit more tension to it. Um, did your preparation stay exactly the same, or was there anything? That- oh, we didn't. Yeah, you don't. You don't ever change yeah. like the approach. I mean, I, I think that's what happens to a lot of young guys. Yep. They try to change the routine. They try to change certain things. Um, I mean, that's what the off season for. The off season's for you know changes. You know. Um, you know, in season, you just have to obviously make corrections, but these big drastic changes that it's just, it's unnecessary and it's unrealistic. And so you have to stick to what works. And it was just, again, it was a fluke game and I'm sure he watched film and was able to like, see 
you know, ball contact, where his foot was, his plant foot. There's a lot of different factors with kicking, just like a a golf swing. Um, And so, man, he went into that week with just a lot of, obviously he just kind of had his head down, like, hey, I'm just going to focus on me. The distractions just, I'm going to try to eliminate as much as possible and uh, just go forward. And man, he had, I mean, he crushed it. He, He was perfect on the week and, and was kicking the ball just like he was, you know, the entire year. And, and people, people forget, you know, he had a, he had a pro bowl caliber year. Oh yeah. It wasn't like he was struggling early on or anything. No, like he, like up to that point was arguably one of the best kickers in the league. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, man, he just, again, that's the true pro of Brett Maher just going in there. I mean, the the year before, I mean, Mason Crosby had a game like that. I mean, missed three of them. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been with Vinatieri when he, he struggled too. I mean, obviously the end of, end of Vinny's, Vinny's career when he was going through some injuries and stuff. I mean, he was missing kicks all the time and, you know, it's just the guys go through that, you know, and it's one of those, again, it's like the snapping position. It's you go unnoticed and you're not really, you're just kind of taken for granted and that's good. Um, but when things go wrong or one blip happens, like people just, you know, go crazy, you know, or they, you know, they think kicking is easy. They think snapping is easy. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's, right. there's a reason why there's only 32 in the league doing it. So, or in the world, you should say. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the mental game, like how important is, uh, is patience? Oh, it's, well, for me being a free agent every single year, like patience is like such a virtue for me. I, I mean, I get ants, like, especially it's free agency right now. Like I, I am very hopeful to play again. I want to, I want, you know, again, my desire is to be a cowboy. I want to go back there. Um, but you know, I've been through, this is my fourth year in a row now, like most likely going to a different team, um, whether it's signed today or in October, yeah, I just don't know, but being patient is, is, is definitely key. Um, there's some benefits for sure to, to, uh, being, a, being in my position at my age, like it gives me a lot of time at home with my family. It gives me a lot of time to train with my trainer and really work on my craft um, and, uh, it, it kind of keeps a chip on my shoulder too. So there's always like that edge, like where, you know, I have to, I have to set out and prove it, prove it over and over and over again. And, and, and so like never being content and comfortable, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a good thing, you know? Um, but also if I get signed early and go to a team, like go back to Dallas, for instance, it would be great to be with that team early on and build that camaraderie and, and be a leader and, and be, be with the team, like from day one and the dog days of training camp, I would, I would love to experience that, but I just have to trust in what God has for me and for my family. And, and, uh, um, so there, there's times I'm, I get anxious. I, I, you know, sometimes I look at my phone too much, like seeing if I'm who's getting signed, if my agents called and stuff like that, but I've, I've been through it enough that I went, I, I went into this off season with the expectation of like really having no expectation. Um, I, I kind of have um, really accepted the role that I have in this league. And that's, you know, if I'm the emergency guy, then so be it. You know, I, I, I know that uh, I've proven it over and over again, that if a guy gets injured um, in the, in the season or doesn't do well, and they need a guy to come step in last second, like that I can be the guy that c- they can trust. And if that's my role um, from here on out, that's great. I just, I just love to play. I love to compete. Um, there's something kind of cool and special to go somewhere else and somewhere different. Um, it's a way for me to obviously meet 
meet different guys and, and, and be a d- disciple in a different locker room. And mm-hmm. you know, my, uh, my family can experience a different city. Um, again, there's just the, the unknown is kind of exciting. Want to listen to your favorite music, but you're sick of all the commercial interruptions and negative news today? Tune in to KukoRadio.com. Music for your mindset. We're a commercial-free online radio station. Playing nothing but hits. Our free iOS and Android apps are available for download at KukoRadio.com. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love it, man. Like Long Snapper Profit, man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. I just came up with that. There you go. I like it coin it um well and, and back to your point man just about staying ready i mean living that philosophy out i think it's one thing to say it but when you embody it it's, it's definitely another yeah it's never it's never that easy you know but um you know i think for me it's just like you know there's been moments and it, it, whether it's not even football related when you know when there's opportunities that come along and and you know that you haven't prepared for that whether it's a speech at school or a test or uh, a job interview, like those are uncomfortable situations to be in. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not witty enough to weasel my way through stuff like that sometimes, depending on the setting I'm in. And so for football, like there's been workouts that I've gone to where I'm like, all right, I definitely haven't been training the way I have. That, again, it goes back to being cut from the Colts. Like, those off seasons, I didn't, I didn't really focus on the off season for training and like, and I never wanted to feel that way again. If I get cut, that's fine. Sometimes that's how you control. But if I know that I didn't give my all, then that's where the letdown is at. That's where the disappointment is at. So for every, every off season really since it's been like, man, it's been really heavily dedicated to, you know, getting in better shape, always trying to get better. This like, we had the, 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 you know, the saying, the, this is the best yet the best yet. Like every year it's like, let's, how can we get better? Whereas before when young in my career, I never had that mindset. Um, I got a little too comfortable and I don't want to be that way again. Yeah, no, I love it, man. Matt, what, uh, what question should I be asking that, uh, that I'm not asking? Just to me in particular or to yeah. other athletes or. No, just to you, brother. I guess you can ask too. It's like, how do you, how do you balance your professional life and family life? Mm, Obviously for me, it's, you know, five years ago I was, you know, single with no kids. Life's a little bit easier, you know, because you can live that selfish lifestyle and do whatever you want, whenever you want. And there's, there's pros and cons to that. Obviously I was in a place where I was probably doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. Um, But when I got married, obviously that, that was, an incredible blessing, but now you're, you're providing for another person. You're coexisting with another person. You're building a life together with another person. So some of those selfish ways, like how to like <laughs> go to the wayside, you know? Um, and then obviously you add kids. And for me, like trout, like, you know, going from team to team logistically, it's like, oh, man, like what is, what does life look like? If I go to a different city, where are my kids going to go to school? What's my, where's my, where's my wife going to be able to, uh, you know, go work out or the women she can meet, you know, like there's just all these things that what ifs, you know, or if I was just single, it'd be so easy because it's just, it's just me going. But as I've grown older and my family's grown and I've had to reprioritize a few things and, and yeah, I'm just not playing for myself anymore. I'm playing for something much bigger. 
And so um, seeing my wife and my daughter in the stands at a game means so much more to me than I ever thought it could be um, because we're doing it together. And, and uh, it's really cool. I always, you know, when I, when Vinatieri's kids would be at a game or at a practice, I always like envied that. I'm like, man, it'd be so cool to have your kids see what you do, see what daddy does, you know? And again, if you don't have kids early on in your career, because, you know, if you're not having kids really, this, the NFL is really the average age is, you know, you make it three years maybe. And so if you come into the league at 21, you're done by 24. A lot of those people are, are not having kids. Um, so for me, it was like, man, it would be really cool if I can get to that age at the time, you know, I was 27, 28 years old, single with no kids, but I may not even be lucky enough to be married and have children, um, to see me play. So the, the fact that I'm able to have that now, um, and, and sharing those special moments has been really cool. Um, because that's just, again, God's blessing to be able to play this game for as long as I have and share, share it. It's more meaningful when you share it with, with others. Um, so I think my, you know, when, when I kind of like, it goes back to the priorities, you know, setting things and, and, and where they need to be. And, um, it's more, it's more impactful for me and more, more meaningful for me that I can share this football journey with my wife and my daughters and my family. It's not just yeah. about me anymore. I love it, man. That's a mic drop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Matt, thanks so much, man, for joining us, and um, and I really appreciate it. My man. pleasure, thanks my so pleasure. Much, it's really, it, yeah, it's really good to connect with you, man. And again, like, I got I got put onto you and following you on Twitter, like when I was going through some really really tough times. And um, I mean, it's what it's like your daily one of your daily tweets is uh, persistence, and persistence, patience, and persistence. And it's like it's so true. So I appreciate you just kind of leading by example and and. Uh, you probably helped me more than you, you ever thought. So it's great to finally connect face to face after all these years, man. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, man. Have a good day. to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. To find out more about Dr. Rob, visit his website at drrobbell.com or follow him on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform to get the next episode of Mental Toughness as soon as it's available. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.